So much of modern motherhood is spent wishing we were doing better, whether we're comparing ourselves to other moms or to the ideal mom we assumed we'd be before we had kids. But this wishing takes us further and further away from joy, and it stops us from being the mom we want to be. I'm Rebecca Brownwright, and I'm here to help you focus on connection, because connecting more deeply with yourself and with your kids will help you forget about mom comparisons. Connection will help you resolve behavior issues with your kids, and connection will help you live a life full of real joy, because that's what you and your kids deserve. Pause and connect with me for a moment to listen to discussions about connection and motherhood, finding your purpose, smashing cultural narratives, and so much more. This is Pause and Connect. Hello and welcome back to Pause and Connect. This is episode 32 called Make the Holidays Easy. So this is going to be a little pep talk and it's, I'm mostly coming from the American Christian holiday season. So Thanksgiving, Christmas, tack on New Year's if you want, that sort of thing. I don't have personal knowledge about other holidays at this time of year, so I really do apologize if that leaves you out. And I'm going to share about how to do holidays in the way that makes you happy. Mostly, it's going to be about shedding the cultural narrative that you have to make everything perfect for everyone around you. (laughs) So I guess this is mostly for moms then, because... Our culture, especially the American culture, currently tells us that moms have to be the ones to make the season magical. And in my intro, I say that this podcast is about smashing cultural narratives, and I would just dearly love it if you would feel empowered to go smash a holiday cultural narrative that is causing you grief right now. Also, I'm going to share some inexpensive ideas for enjoying the holidays simply, but even still... This is all coming from a very American slash consumerism holiday perspective, which is definitely first world. So if you're not up for hearing about that, please be kind to yourself and listen to one of my other episodes. So for those who I'm speaking to you and you're hearing that, let's get into it, okay? Um, Are you feeling stressed out yet? This is a week before Thanksgiving that I'm recording this. Um, Are you feeling the stress? Do you remember that um, Saturday Night Live Christmas skit from last year with Kristen Wiig? I, I didn't even look it up to refresh my memory about it. Um, I, I just didn't want to because it, it really made me mad. It was something about Christmas morning and the kids and the husband are opening incredible gift after incredible gift and each gift just gets more and more incredible and it's all made possible by the mom. And then the mom just gets a robe or slippers or something like that. I can't, like I say, I didn't even look it up because I didn't want to watch it again. Um, I just feel like that's so depressing. And I hate that this is the way things are in our culture. Now, I'm not criticizing you if this is how your family is. I'm criticizing our culture that devalues women so much while also expecting them to create magic all the time. There's nothing special about us that makes us good at doing Christmas. It's just, or or any of the holidays, it's just something that's been dumped onto us. So I don't want you to feel that. And I don't want you to feel like you have to get all the details right for all the holiday prep work. I want you to breathe. I want you to relax. And I want you to enjoy the holidays. So buckle in for my pep talk here. Let's talk about the shortages, right? We've all been hearing about the shortages this season. We've been warned to shop early because shelves are going to be empty. And listen, if that makes you anxious, (laughs) I totally understand. But take a breath. This is a perfect time to reevaluate your gift giving and all of your holidaying, all everything that you do. Do you need to give your kids, your in-laws, your parents, the teachers, and everyone else so much stuff? 
Do you need to go and empty those shelves? Do you even want all that stuff coming into your house? Now, I'm not a minimalist. I'd like to be. I'm not. Um, But I do have aspirations to be one. So I don't love the idea of lots of things coming into my house. But I'm also not critical of people who do like a lot of things. We're all different in what we enjoy and the level of stuff that we uh, we can handle in our lives. But what I am doing is asking us to ask ourselves what we really need to do in terms of gift giving. Maybe the empty shelves this year can inspire us to do less this year instead of making a panicked dash to get everything that we think we need. There was this one year when my husband and I looked at the gifts we had purchased for our kids. We, we laid them all out and there were, there were a lot, like we had gone overboard. And even in that overboardness, we realized that one child didn't have as many gifts as the other two. So we were like, well, we have to balance it out. So instead of like returning some, <laughs> we went to the store and bought something else for that kid just to even things out. We spent like 20 bucks and we didn't, like there wasn't even anything that we could think that this child would like desperately want. They have really simple needs and simple tastes. We were just buying something to even things out. And it was at that moment that we began to reevaluate gift giving. Because if we were standing in a store, in a very crowded store, um, because it was like a few days before Christmas, we were leaving, leaving all the other things we could have been doing to go and just buy something just to buy something, right? If we were doing that, it just didn't make sense to us. Um, And again, I'm not judging anybody who does love doing tons of gifts. I'm just saying like the, the process of that really made me think this through and think like, I'm only buying this to balance things out. I don't even think my kid really would want this that much. Like there's nothing I can think to give this kid and I'm just buying, I'm just spending $20 just to even things out. And it just didn't make sense to me. So we've adjusted things over the years and I'm gonna talk about what we do personally as a family later in this episode. We're not necessarily where we want to be yet, but we have made some big changes that have worked for us. And I'm not even really sharing these ideas for you to copy. I mean, you can totally copy whatever you want, but I'm not trying to say like, look, we've solved it. This is working for us. And so it should work for you. I'm just kind of sharing my thought processes and, um, and our journey so that you can kind of, um, think, think what you want in your life and evaluate things for the way that work for you. If that makes sense. I, Again, I want to say it again, I'm definitely not passing judgment on anyone who does buy a ton of gifts because if that works for you, it really works for you. I'm more using this story to illustrate that all of us could probably use a think through. Why are we buying gifts? Why are we making this thing? Why are we going to this event, right? What is really important? What do our values really call for when it comes to gift giving and celebrating in the holiday season? Now, remember these shortages, there's going to be a lot of talk about making sure you shop early, making sure you buy something when you see it, because it could be gone the next time and all of that. You're going to feel like you have to go from store to store. You have to get online and and shop at this place and that place. And you're, you're going to feel that because it's going to be in the air. But if you stop right now and decide what you want to do for gifts this year, then you don't have to feel the panic when you hear other people panicking. 
think back to March 12th, March 13th of 2020. This was right before schools shut down, or maybe it was right after we got the announcement that schools were shutting down. And I think it was happening pretty much across the country um, for the pandemic, right? Uh, there were some some states that had already shut down, but I think like March 13th was the day where pretty much the whole rest of the country shut down. Uh, maybe not everybody, but a lot. Things were getting weird in the air. Do you remember that? Like we could sense that things were different. Maybe things were about to change. We didn't quite know what. It was a kind of an anxious time. And my husband and I, I, I think, let's say it was March 13th because it was Friday the 13th. And I, and I think that was the day that, that we found out our school was not going to have school for the next two weeks at that point. Um, we felt really panicked because it was like this, everyone needs to shut down. Everything needs to shelter in place. You all need to be in your home. And we didn't quite know the definition of what that meant. Did that mean we couldn't leave our house at all? Did we have to have everything we need in our house? Were there Was there going to be things to buy? How would we even get to the store to buy them? You know, it was like a really weird day, if you remember. So my husband and I felt a little panicked and he went out to buy some groceries to kind of hold us over for the week. Now the whole town had thought the same thing. He said that the store was packed full. People were just emptying the shelves. They were pushing two or three carts and all of that. So it wasn't just us who got caught up in that. And when when I was kind of describing that, I was feeling a little foolish, but it really wasn't just us. It was everybody was feeling a panic. And in that energy, my husband felt panic too. So he bought a whole case of Campbell's chicken noodle soup and nobody in our family even likes that. But I can understand and appreciate why he did that because the panic was real. So he's in this store that is literally emptying in front of his eyes and he's like, oh my gosh, I... I have to feed my family. So he grabs what he sees and not just one can, but a whole, a whole pack of it, the whole, what do you call those things? That, that whole case, the whole case of it. He, he, he put that in his cart along with a ton of other stuff and we laughed about it. Um, but also like we, we were privileged to be able to, to, blow money on a case of Campbell's soup that nobody really wanted. Um, and we're privileged to be able to buy Christmas gifts this year. So I, I do want to make sure I'm saying that this is not a universal experience for everyone. But what is kind of universal is that panic. We're all going to be pressured to feel that panic about holiday gifts this year. We just are. I mean, in a, in a normal year, when there aren't shortages, we feel the panic to get the things because we know that things empty on the shelves. And we also just feel like we have to get the right thing. And we have to, we have to make sure that we get what our kids want and what our in-laws want. And we, we just really feel that every year. All of the marketing is designed to make us feel that. So we're, we're, there's nothing wrong with us for feeling that. And the pressure is going to be even stronger because we're going to start seeing people sharing pictures of empty shelves and things like that. We're just going to see that and we're going to feel panicked. So take a step back now and make your plan. And this, like I said, is a really great time to simplify. If you want, you can simplify. And that way you don't have to get sucked into the that panic that is going to be hovering over us this holiday season. Just because everyone else is panicking, you don't have to. And if you take the time right now, you can get yourself mentally prepared to not get worked up when when you see the empty shelves. 
All right, and this kind of leads me into our next topic, which is to try and rid yourself of your own expectations when you're trying to make the holidays magical for your kids. So for example, you might think that your child's Christmas will be magical only if you have this certain tradition, that certain gift and this certain treat, right? We, we get our, that kind of worked up in our minds. I know I definitely do anyway. But maybe your child is actually thinking of something else that they'd like to do or to have or to experience this holiday season, or maybe they're not even giving it that much thought. And maybe what, what they're thinking is a whole lot simpler than what you're thinking. So try and let go of your own expectations. You know, just because everything has always been this way doesn't mean it has to be this way. And maybe ask your kids what traditions are meaningful to them. And if they don't mention the thing that you always thought you need to do, go ahead and simplify. It's okay. And also, I, this next thing I want to say is, is kind of a hard one. I, I, I want to say try not to feel guilty. And I feel like that's laughable because... Guilt, we just feel so much guilt for so many things, but let's just try. Collectively, let's try not to feel guilty about about our children's holiday season, okay? Something I think we tend to do is we try and give our kids a better life than what we had. And I actually really love that about us humans. We're so good. We want to make the next generation better than the previous generation, and that's great. But sometimes we let our bad memories color how we think our kids are going to think about something. So for example, if you always had lean Christmases, you might never want to do that for your kids. So you become bound and determined to never repeat that. And so then you might go overboard and buy and buy and buy and do and do and do in an effort to not give your kids the lean Christmas that you used to have. But stop and say to yourself, you're trying to fix your childhood by doing this. And is that the best thing to do? Because your, your child's circumstances are different and they might not feel the same things that you felt. And you might not need to provide so much in an effort to make up for what you didn't have. Does that make sense? This is where connection comes in so strong. Pause and connect with your kids. If you take some time to connect with your kids and figure out what is actually meaningful to them, you may not need to do the things that you're doing. So for example, I, I do remember a Christmas when I was growing up where we had very little money. It was probably about eight or nine and it was hard, okay? Because I was eight or nine and we I have five siblings and we used to each buy a gift for each other. So I would get five sibling gifts every year and that was pretty cool. And then that year, there was not going to be enough money, so we drew names, and so there was only going to be one sibling gift. And beyond that, it was even it was only going to be three dollars because my parents that's that's how they they were making this work. They were still keeping that tradition of giving to siblings, but there was so little money that it was just three dollars. So I went from getting five sibling gifts to and good sibling gifts to one you know three dollar gift, and. It, it was hard because I was young. And if my mom is listening, though, I don't want you to feel bad. And I don't, I don't want any of us to feel bad about this because it's, it's just something that happens. Things just happen, you know. Um, and on the scale of hard things, a lean Christmas was not the hardest thing for me to endure. Like, I'm okay, right? But of course, as an adult, I, I did carry that memory with me. And so then there was one year, a few years ago, when my husband, um, I was not able to work. My son was really sick all year, so I wasn't able to work. My husband was very un underemployed and had, had had some unemployment times. And so we had no money that year. And it, I was sure it was going to ruin my kids, right? They were probably seven, four, and one, fully believed in the magic of Christmas and 
how was I going to produce a Christmas for them, right? So I scoured the thrift stores. I took in hand-me-downs. Our church congregation gave us some Target gift cards, which was so kind, and that really helped. But still, Christmas morning was lean. And I was feeling so sad and so sorry for myself for not giving my children the magical Christmas that I had given them years previous and that I wanted to give them. So it was a sad day. It just was. Um, the next year, my my four-year-old, who was now five, brought up the previous year. And I, I couldn't believe this because... so she's five. She had been four at Christmas time. Like kids don't have a lot of memories at that time, but she remembered that Christmas. And you know what she remembered? She remembered how we went outside and we played in the snow and we put them in a sled and we carried them around the, we, we dragged them around the yard and it was so much fun. And then when we came inside, the kids changed into their swimsuits and they all got in a bubble bath that it was a huge bubble bath that was overflowing onto the floor. You know, the type. And they, they were, so my, like I said, she was five years old now, remembering her four-year-old Christmas and telling me how fun that Christmas was. And then my seven-year-old, who was now eight, she had been seven at uh, the, the time of that, that lean Christmas, she was saying, oh, that was so fun. And she had more memories that she was adding to it. And my my son was two now. He had been one. So he had no memories, but he was like joining in and, and talking about how he wanted that type of Christmas again, you know, whatever he could have said as a two-year-old. But the point is, they remembered that the very next year, and it was so fun to them. They didn't remember that they didn't have a lot of Christmas gifts, right? They just didn't. And they were young enough, so maybe that wasn't as big of an impression, but that was a really big lesson to me. Um, so learn from me. It took me a whole year to learn that my kids had actually had a fabulous, magical Christmas. I hadn't seen it because I had been really depressed about the lack of gifts, right? But I also want to say a, a note about depression. I really was in a bad place. It had been a very hard year, and that's okay too. So I'm not mad at myself for not recognizing my children's joy. I can honor that I was depressed about our situation, and I can also honor that I later learned that my kids had a wonderful holiday, even without the gifts. And so I can do, I can do a better time moving forward, right? Because now I've learned what, what my kids remember and what's important. And maybe if you're low right now, you can lean on my experience. Or maybe you can simply honor that you're low because that's valid. Now, I wrote a blog post about this. Um, if you want to read more about that experience and what I learned, and it's hopefully uplifting. So I'll link to that in the show notes if you want. But here's another experience that shocked me, <laughs> how my kids really appreciate minimal effort. You just need a little bit of creativity, a little bit of, uh, of connection, and, and th that's what sticks with kids. So this is about Halloween. We typically like to eat something Halloween-themed on Halloween or near Halloween, but one year we were just too busy, <laughs> and both my husband and I forgot to plan anything, and Halloween rolled around, and the kids asked what spooky thing we were going to have for dinner because that was our tradition. And honestly, we hadn't even thought of dinner for that night, like not let alone making a spooky dinner. We hadn't even thought of how to feed the kids that night. So I thought for a second and I, I easily could have said, oh, sweeties, I forgot this year. And we, we would have moved on. It would have been okay. But I had like a moment of uh, creativity that was not even that creative. It was like uh, the the least creative you could be, but I said zombie brains. And I cooked up a few bag of ramen noodles 
and that's it. <laughs> I presented them with the zombie brains. And guess what? This is yet another thing my kids bring up every year. This was years ago, and they still say, remember when you made zombie brains for Halloween dinner? And they don't know that it was an on-the-fly thing. They don't know that I did that because I totally forgot to plan the special thing. They don't know that. They think this was fun. So the point I'm trying to make is that our kids don't need a lot to be impressed. Now, if you like to do a lot, that's also totally okay. But if you're in a place where you don't have a lot of money, you don't have a lot of time, you can't get the toys you want because of shortages, you're worn out because it's been almost two years of, of a pandemic or whatever, right? It's okay to do the minimum. It really is. What's really important in all of this is attitude and connection. So the the attitude that I had with the zombie brains was, this is fun. You guys are going to like this. And they did. The attitude I had on that sad Christmas, I, I did not have a positive attitude, but we did do some connecting things. We did do some special things that didn't cost any money at all. They were just kind of out of the ordinary things, getting in the tub with the swimsuits and the bubbles, you know, that was that was kind of an out of the ordinary thing and it made it special. Um, and and even, even though I was pretty depressed that day, my kids didn't pick up on it, thankfully. They were young enough. And they just remembered the fun. So if you can take anything from this, remember enthusiasm, connection, something just a tiny bit out of the ordinary can become a huge family hit. If ramen noodles can be talked about for years, like just think how little you actually have to do, right? And that's an important thought too. Kids can change their expectations. Maybe the year before we had had monster tacos, jack-o'-lantern quesadillas, mummy fingers, you know, maybe we'd gone all out and then this year we just had plain old ramen. But most kids can roll with changes. Now, not all kids, of course, you might have a child with challenges that require really strict routines. And I'm not yet equipped to talk about children with those challenges, but I know there are many support groups and articles with ideas. But please know that I see you and I wish I had more to share with you. One day, I know I will as I move through my graduate school psychology program, but right now, um, just know that I see you. And for kids that, that don't need to stick to strict routines, Remind yourself that kids can change expectations. They can. They don't have to have everything the way that it's always been. Last year, we decided we didn't want to have tons of material gifts. So, I mean, like we, like I said before, like I, I'm an aspiring minimalist, very bad at it. I, I'm just overwhelmed by the amount of stuff in our home, and we just didn't want more. So we decided that we would take the money we would have spent on gifts and go do some fun activities in the days following Christmas. Um, we were fortunate enough to be able to go to a, a nearby town and stay in a hotel, and then uh, we went on a North Pole-themed train ride. We went snow tubing. We got pedicures, um, and that that was... We were, like I say, we were very fortunate to be able to do that. And I'm going to share an example later that does not involve um, much money at all. Uh, so a couple of ideas. But um, then we wrapped up pictures of what we were going to do. And that's part of what the kids opened on Christmas morning. So we they knew this was coming. Um, and, and we put the present under the uh, under the tree. And we said, this is our this is our special trip that we're going to take. And, and so they knew it was there and they were so excited to open that, um, on Christmas morning. 
And that was, I think that was important to changing this for them uh, because we, we prepared them. We told them that Santa wasn't going to, wasn't going to bring as many gifts. Mom and dad were not going to put many gifts under the tree. And we were going to do fun things together as our family gift. And when we told them that before Christmas, they were halfway enthusiastic. Uh, they really liked the idea of doing things we don't normally do. They liked the idea of going on a trip together. Um, but they, of course, didn't love the idea of fewer gifts. So we let them feel both feelings. They could feel enthusiastic and disappointed, and they could share all of it. We let it all be valid. We didn't tell them, hey, we're going to have a fun time together. You're being ungrateful to wish that you were having more gifts. Like we, we didn't do that. We just let them feel both feelings. We talked up the excitement, and when they had the moments where they felt a little sad that they wouldn't have as many gifts, we just kind of let that happen and let that... Let it, let it feel, let us all feel together. Um, so anyway, on Christmas morning, they had a few gifts, not very many, and then they had a lot of anticipation for what we were gonna do, because we told them we're gonna leave the very next day. And so they were really excited about that. And it was, it was really fun. Christmas was a really fun day. There were a few gifts that we got to play with thoroughly and movies that we got to watch and treats that we got to eat because there there wasn't a lot to open. And again, I'm not saying this is the way to do things. I'm just saying this was one way that I, I really wanted that result on my Christmas and this is how we got it. And, and we all have different values. So thinking about your values can help you figure out how to how to get to where you want to be so back to that idea if you're still interested um and in maybe doing this for yourself we asked the kids what they had thought about it and actually we didn't even have to ask them the whole time like as soon as we checked into the hotel they were like this is so fun let's do this every year um and so they they agreed that it was better than other christmases in the past and they wanted to do it again now as christmas is getting closer this year <laughs> we're reminding them we're going to have fewer presents so that we can go enjoy family time together in the days after christmas and they're starting to feel those little twinges of sadness again they're again both excited about what my husband and i are cooking up and disappointed that they won't have tons of presents. And it's okay. So again, we're letting them feel both feelings. And we had such a good time last year, so we are trusting that fun family connection is going to be fabulous again this year. And it's going to be worth it. Because this is the culture that we want in our family and we're working to change it. Now we spent 12 years doing it a different way, so there's growing pains. But like I say, we know it's gonna be worth it in the end. And again, I'm not saying you should do what we're doing, but I'm saying that if you want to drop a tradition or simplify something in any way, your kid can roll with it. Present it with kindness and enthusiasm and allow them to feel both excited and disappointed if they need to and stay with them in those feelings and then move forward with the plans that you know are gonna be better for your sanity and your family's happiness and for the culture that you want in your family. And you can also, another way to do this is to let your children take over some of the traditions, if that's going to help. If you're feeling overwhelmed by all the traditions that you have to do, and your kids don't want to let go of some traditions, then turn it over to them. Maybe they'll say, oh, actually, it's not that important if I have to do it. Or maybe they'll take it over, and that can be the new way that the tradition happens. Um, you know, like maybe like you like to do the 12 days of Christmas for, for a family every year, and this year like you don't have it, that bandwidth bandwidth to do it, but your kids still want to, we'll ask them to take charge. They can plan, they can make the goodies, they can wrap, they can do whatever needs to be done. Um, and 
let it see, let it play out, see how it goes. Or maybe you don't want to make cinnamon rolls on Christmas morning because you want to sleep in a little bit more. Well, if if your kids can't bear Christmas morning without cinnamon rolls, then ask them how they can get them ready. Or say, why don't we buy cinnamon rolls this year? Or something, you know, like there's a way where the kids can make adjustments. So do you see what I mean? It doesn't have to be the same as it has always been, and it doesn't have to be all on you. You can adjust and your children can adjust too. It's also important to probably take some time right now and figure out what you want from the holidays. What are your priorities, really? There's a lot of outside pressure, a lot of obligations. So think about what you really want. One year, we felt like we just really wanted to connect with our kids better. So we wanted to give them something to look forward to that would involve the whole family. And this has been a really fun tradition that I'll share. We give our kids a year-long gift of experiences. Now, before you go, whoa, that's too crazy. I am someone who believes in making things super easy. I do minimal effort. So keep listening because this is not as complicated as it might sound. And if you like doing maximum effort, you can take this and make it maximum. But for me, it's super minimum. So um, so this year-long gift of experience helps us make our holidays more connected and to enjoy the holidays throughout the year. So we bought calendars for each kid and then we wrote family fun days on them. That's what we called it. And we had one for each month. So it involves some dedicated planning, but it really wasn't that hard. Um, we didn't know our whole schedule for the year, but what we did is we just picked a Saturday each month that we thought we'd have free and then we wrote an activity for that day and we wrote what the activity was and then as the month came up so let's say it's now june and we were supposed to go camping on this weekend because that's what we put there but we can't go camping that weekend because there's some event that came up then we just adjusted it and the kids were flexible and it was fine um so i'll tell you the experiences that we chose um for that year and then i have more later so um what we did in january is we had mom and dad's restaurant at home and it's so fun. We've done this one multiple times. We just print up a menu and we we talk. They like it if we talk in an accent. So we pick an accent and we get fancy and we set the table fancy for them. And then they get to order off the menu and we give them crayons and things to color with while they wait for their meal to come. It's super, super fun. Um, in February, we did Love Night. We didn't even know what that was going to be when we wrote it down. And then as February was getting closer, we were like, okay, we've got to make a, a Love Night. So we just made a special dinner. We decorated the table pretty. Um, and then we each took turns writing what we love about each person in the family. We did it near Valentine's Day, and that was really nice. In March, we attended a play, and we knew that ahead of time, so we had already bought the tickets, and that was something that the kids had opened up ahead of time, too. So that was fun. Um, April, we did a family movie day. I can't remember if we actually went to the movies or just watched a movie at home. Uh, May, we did a family hike day. June, we had a family day at the water slides. July, we had a camping trip. August, we went swimming at a lake. September, we had donut day. And when we scheduled this, we, again, we didn't know what we were going to do, but we just thought it sounded fun. So we just got the kids input as it got closer. We said, what should we do for donut day? <laughs> and we told them, we don't really know what it is, but what should we do? And they decided like, let's sample donuts from different shops. So that's what we did. And it was really fun. Um, October was backwards day. So we had dinner for breakfast and breakfast for dinner. We ate under the table. We walked around backwards. We said words backwards, you know, thing, things like that. Um, November was a family sleepover, so we just slept in the living room, probably watched a movie. I can't quite remember. This was a few years ago, but probably watched a movie and then 
slept on air mattresses in the living room. And then December, this is one of our favorite things to do. We, we rode the train to downtown and looked at the Christmas lights. And, and so that's, that's what we did. And it was so fun. And so but thinking about Christmas morning, when you give your kids a calendar of what they're going to do in January to December, it doesn't really feel that exciting, right? So the way that we tried to make it exciting and get our kids motivated was um, we gave them the calendar and a special calendar that kind of matched their personalities. And I think we included fancy pens too so that they had something fun to open. Um, now, our main priority in choosing these experiences was keeping expenses down while keeping our memory making high. So we splurged a little bit on tickets to a play, but most of our experiences cost very little. So this is how we did that. We, we went through each month and we kind of asked ourselves some questions like, can we piggyback on a holiday or a tradition we already have? So in February, we just put something next to Valentine's Day and it was special to just be at home and do that fun dinner. Uh, we asked, do we have passes that we can include in our experiences? And that year we had water slide passes. So we were going to go anyway and we just put it on the calendar on that day and made sure we did. Um, we asked ourselves, how can we add something unique and special to ordinary things that we already do at home? So for example, we already watch movies on Friday or Saturday nights, so let's turn it into a sleepover, right? So not a lot of extra effort. Um, we asked ourselves, what are things that we always want to do or we already do in certain seasons? And camping was the one that jumped out at us because we always want to go camping and forget to. And so putting it on the calendar made us keep to it. Um, we thought about what free things are in our community and that was ride the train downtown because we, we knew that they, I don't know if they still do it, but for a while, every December there was a free ride the train day and, and the lights downtown are free too. So, you know, that's, that's kind of how we did that. So like you see, it's really simple. Um, and some of it costs money, but most of it was free. And, um, and I have a lot more ideas. And so I'll put a link to my show notes to a blog post I wrote for Power of Moms that lists some of the other ideas if you want to do this or something similar. Um, and it, it just really was so fun. It was fun on Christmas morning because the kids liked their calendars and they liked looking through and imagining what we would be doing on Family Donut Day, for example. You know, it was, it was just really fun. And then all year long, we were following through and doing these fun things that were a little out of the ordinary and special, and it was just a really fun year. And we did this because we wanted to step away from tangible gifts, but it still took us a couple years of adjusting because we were kind of afraid. So we still gave a lot of gifts in addition to the calendar of family fun days because we, we were worried about how our kids would react with fewer gifts. But then it was such a success, we stepped back, we looked at how it all worked out, so we felt better about giving fewer gifts the next year. And then better still about giving fewer gifts and having the fun family trip after the, the, in the week after Christmas, like I talked about earlier. And again, our family trip is not super expensive. We're not going to Hawaii. Um, I'd love to do that. Maybe one year we'll, we'll make that happen, but, um, but we, we still we pick things close by um, and we could easily do this uh, by, by staying at home and, and, you know, having a staycation, um, if, if we wanted to even spend less money. So I share this as just one idea to get your mind thinking this calendar idea. If, if you're feeling overwhelmed by holiday to 
to-do lists, can you figure out what you really want and make that thing happen in an easy-ish creative way? So for us, we really wanted to spend less money and we really wanted to create intentional connecting activities that would connect us through the whole year. And so the calendar was our solution. So ask yourselves, what do you really want from the holidays? And, and then figure out how to make that happen. Here's some questions. Do you want things to be easy, to be relaxed, to be exciting, to be a whirlwind of activity? There's a big spectrum there and it's all okay. Do you want to spend time with friends, with family members? Which ones? Do you want things to be quiet? Do you want things to be loud and full of energy? Do you want lots of gifts, few gifts? How do you want to connect with your family? There's no wrong thing to want. The only really wrong thing is when we hurt ourselves in trying to create something that we don't even want to create or something that we think we have to create. Remember, we can smash the cultural narratives we've been a part of. Does that make sense? I hope so. I'm definitely not trying to tell anyone to do the holidays the way I do them. I'm just trying to say that we can identify our priorities and then figure out how to make the holidays work within those priorities. Now, another way to figure out priorities is to make a holiday bucket list. This is really fun. You can do this on your own if you don't want to involve your kids because you don't want too many ideas. Um, but I have an idea for that too, how to not not have your kids have too many crazy ideas. Um, and I'll tell that in a minute, but you can also do this with your kids. So what we like to do is we like to get a big piece of paper and have everyone write what is important to them for the holidays on it. And then we hang that in the dining room and we cross things off as we as we do them. And it's a really good way to prioritize because when it's up there, you see what's important to your kids and you see what's important to you. And then you can, you can let other things go. So for example, maybe your kids put cookie decorating on there. We must do cookie decorating. But the annual gingerbread house doesn't even make the bucket list. So maybe the gingerbread house has been stressing you out every year making the decorating gingerbread houses and now you know you can let it go and nobody's going to miss it too much because it didn't even make the bucket list or if it's still important to you and you put it on there then you can still do it but now you'd understand how important it is or isn't so the point is the holiday bucket list helps everyone get a say and helps everyone understand what's important you can make rules for the bucket list we do nothing that costs money, like over a certain amount of money. Some, some things they put on there cost money, but like nothing that's going to cost a ton of money and nothing that requires a certain amount of travel. You know, like we're, we're not leaving our city or we're not, we're not leaving our County or whatever, you know, like, um, I don't know that, that we're too serious, but we're, we just say like, we're not leaving, we're not traveling basically is what we say. Um, and the kids pick local things. And then you can also remind yourself that we do this every, every time we remind everyone that we're going to do our best to do all the fun things, but some may not happen and that's okay. And the thing that is so helpful with this is that you typically end up doing most of the things because it's there in front of you. So you know, everyone's going to enjoy it. It's on the bucket list. It fills everyone up. You have a few free hours, you pick something from it. And I have found that we never, we never do get every single thing done, but Every time we do make a bucket list, and we do this in the summer too, um, every time we do make a bucket list, we always do more than we would have done without it. Because it's so easy for chores to fill in our, our days, for errands to fill in our Saturdays, for play dates to fill in everything, and then we just go through a whole season and we don't do the things that we want to do. But when it's on the bucket list, we see what we want to do and we do more of what we would have done otherwise, if that makes sense. Um, and, 
And, um, and it's all connected things. All the things that we want to do are all like, let's get each other together and go do this thing. Um, and then we also will write the items into our calendar after we make the bucket list, especially things that are going to take effort, like, um, like decorating cookies. That's going to, that's going to take, we're going to have to make the cookies on Saturday and decorate on Sunday or something like that. Or if we want to go downtown, we need that on the calendar, right? So, and what that does is it makes sure we do it. And then it also helps us to prioritize the other invitations that come up. So, um, so if if we have our our annual go downtown day scheduled for for some Saturday and then we get an invitation to something we can if the invitation is so good we can all kind of get together and say let's move the downtown to another day or we can say this invitation isn't something that is a huge priority for us so we can confidently turn it down because we're doing this other thing that's more important to us does that make sense now, of course, there's flexibility in all of this, but the bucket list has helped our family prioritize as a family really well. And it really has simplified things, which you might think it wouldn't because you have all this stuff up there, but it actually has simplified it because most of the things on our list are simple. Like we want to watch Home Alone. We want to decorate cookies. We want to have a fire in the fireplace. Um, we we want to um, maybe do a Secret Santa or something like that. And so like it's it's not like huge like crazy things to do. Um, and, and so because it's just these simple things, we just, when we have the time, we make sure we're filling our time with those simple things that everybody wants and that connect us all together. Okay. So finally, I want to mention that there's a time and season for everything. And we all hear this all the time and it's kind of annoying sometimes to be reminded of that, but really it's true. This may be a time and season for you to go all out on your holiday planning and to live it up. Or it might be a time when you need to scale back dramatically and to simplify. Both times and everything in between are totally okay. So be kind to yourself in your time and season. If you don't get to do everything you want this year, that's okay because things are different in other years. And trust yourself if you're overwhelmed. You can say no to the church party, the friend party, the homemade cookies, even the traditional holiday meal. You can change that. You can adjust. Your children can adjust and you can do the holidays in the way that you want. So have a happy holiday next week if you're in the United States. I want to remind us all that while Thanksgiving has become a holiday of gathering and joy, it's, it's a lovely time to be together with family. It's also a holiday based on a history of tremendous pain and suffering. Um, the First Name Basis podcast is a really excellent podcast that has some great episodes about honoring indigenous peoples, understanding Thanksgiving better, and so much more. And this is a great time to get educated and make more conscious decisions. And I, I love how she presents things in a way that I can be educated. So I'll link to First Name Basis podcast in my show notes, and um, hopefully you'll enjoy that as well. Happy holidays, friends. Thank you so much for pausing and connecting with me today. Your support seriously means the world to me. If you found this episode helpful, I want you to know I have countless other resources for you to find more connection in your motherhood and life. Head to my website, rebeccabrownwright.com to check out my blog, check out my back and forth journal for parents and kids, and take a look at Pause and Connect Academy where you can find courses to help you stop yelling, find your strengths, and finally get your kids to listen to you. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a positive review, sharing it on social media, or sharing with your friends. I love you and I want you to thrive in your motherhood and life. Thank you for being here. Now go forth and connect.